From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Today, we'll be discussing one of the most successful public health interventions of the past century, vaccines, with my guest, Dr. Doug Campos-Ockcult. He's a senior lecturer at the University of Arizona College of Public Health and a clinical professor at the University of Arizona College of Medicine in Phoenix. He's in Syracuse to speak at Upstate Medical University, and he made time to stop by HealthLink on Air. Welcome, Dr. Campos-Ockcult. Thank you. I'm sure you know that New York State um, did away with the non-medical exemptions and now requires all children from daycare up through high school to be vaccinated. And some parents have decided to homeschool their kids because of this. If vaccines really are a major public health achievement, why are there parents out there that um, don't believe that? I wish I knew. You know, it's a, it's a different reality that they accept. Uh, my reality is that we in this country have achieved marked reductions in the incidence of infectious diseases and all the morbidity and mortality that go along with them. Now, it's been a, quite a while, basically a generation, since these infectious diseases have been prevalent. So young parents today, middle-aged parents today, may never have seen the results of these infectious diseases and their impact on families and children. That's a good point. So they don't appreciate how serious these infectious diseases can be. In fact, frequently you'll hear them minimize the seriousness of them. Having never seen them, they think that there's no real reason to be vaccinated. And I want to get back to that in a minute, because that individual choice issue is one that has some real ethical implications, I think. Um, And the misinformation that's out there in today's world with internet, social media, the tribalism that goes on with where people get their news and the silos they get it from, the amount of misinformation is just astounding. And, and I can see where somebody might get into that network, have their beliefs reinforced continually, and think that vaccines are either not necessary or the potential harms exceed the benefits without really seeing the full picture. My reality is this. In this country, we've achieved marked reductions of infectious diseases, the morbidity and mortality they cause, primarily because of vaccines. We have a safe and abundant supply of vaccines. We have a very transparent and open system for making decisions about their use. I can explain about that later if you'd like. And we have a very robust system in monitoring vaccine safety. Uh, I'm quite confident that our vaccine supply is safe and that vaccines are effective and they are one of the most effective and important public health interventions of the past hundred years. Well, let's talk about some of the vaccinations that kids in New York and probably the whole country have to are, are advised to get are diphtheria and tetanus, hepatitis B, measles, mumps, rubella, polio, chickenpox, haemophilus influenza, meningococcal, and pneumococcal infections. Okay. Are all of those um, serious diseases? Can you die from all of those? Yes. Now, there's the severity of those vary. Okay. For instance, haemophilus influenza type B, very, very serious illness. Um, when I was in residency back in the early 80s, we would see several children per week who would come in with that. They'd be seriously ill, 10% mortality rate, even with antibiotics. 
Um, they would have to take IV antibiotics for weeks <clears throat> to cure that infection. Um, be in the hospital, getting IV access is not an easy matter in those infants. In a baby, yeah. <clears throat> I was at a conference this morning and I asked the residents who are in training today, how many of you have ever seen a case of Haemophilus influenza type B? Nobody raised their hand. So the res even residents being trained in pediatric hospitals today may get out of three years of training and never see a case. We used to have over 20,000 cases of those per year. <clears throat> if you lived through the infection, the chance that you would have a neurological deficit of some kind, either uh, in terms of your cognitive abilities or your hearing, uh, was very significant. So all of those, that morbidity and that mortality, we don't have today because of the Haemophilus influenza type B vaccine. Now let's take another uh, illness. And this one you'll hear a lot about um, in the news, about measles. Mm -hmm. Because some parents who are opposed to vaccine will let their children get measles. That was happening in New York. And then their child would recover from measles and they would say, see, mild childhood respiratory viral uh, exanthem, no big deal. Why are we vaccinating against this? Well, let's step back a minute. Measles has a mortality rate of about one in a thousand, meaning out of a thousand kids who get measles, one will die. Now that, some people would debate that and say, no, it's not that high. It's one per 2,000 or something. In developing countries, it's about one per hundred to 10 per hundred, okay? So it, it can be a very serious illness. Now it is true that the average child who gets measles is very sick for about a week, 10% chance of ending up in the hospital chances are they will recover without sequelae, without additional complications. But if you take a death rate of one per thousand, let's just take one per thousand for argument's sake. Before we had measles vaccine, we had millions of cases of measles every year. Now, if you have millions of cases and a death rate of one per thousand, you have thousands of deaths, even though most kids will recover from it without sequelae. So you really have to see the big picture. Are we really willing in this country to go back to the days where we had hundreds or thousands of preventable deaths from measles? I don't think so. And there's no way to predict if your kid is going to be the 999 or the one, right? Your chances are in your favor when you look at those odds. But we have to take a societal picture and a bigger view, I think. So, but, but measles is... Uh, you know, on the highly infectious, a little more benign side for most people, but it does have serious complications and a death rate, which would result in a significant number of deaths. Haemophilus influenza type B, completely different. It's not as prevalent, but if you get it, you're, you have a chance of dying that's much higher. Yeah. Okay, so, so each, each disease has its own characteristics. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Doug Campos-Alcalt. He's from the University of Arizona College of Public Health and the Arizona College of Medicine. Let's talk about adverse reactions. Um, what are they? How common are they um, with vaccines? Because sure. there could be an oh, adverse yes. reaction, right? Right. So what is that all about? All right. So there's adverse reactions are categorized into... Uh, various levels of seriousness. It's fairly common to get a mild reaction after a vaccine. Soreness at the site of injection, redness at the site of injection, possibly some low-grade fever, malaise, you know, not feeling well for a day or two. Those are a common, uh, you know, uh, probably half 
maybe up to half, 50% of those who get some vaccines will have a mild reaction like that. More serious reactions uh, include um, allergic reactions where somebody would have a, a really an anaphylactic reaction, life-threatening um, from a vaccine. Those are extremely rare. Now, they do happen extremely rarely. If you look at the data from legitimate scientific sources, you'll find that rates of those that serious, and they cannot be predicted at this point, <clears throat> that the rates of those serious adverse reactions are extremely rare, but, but that it, they do happen. And we, that's why we've developed systems to help compensate families for the medical expenses and things that might happen from that because we, as a society, get huge value from vaccines. We want everybody to get the benefit of vaccines and to um, not have financial barriers from medical costs and so forth from adverse reactions to be a hindrance. Um, so there is a program in place to compensate those people who might <clears throat> suffer from that. Again, extremely rare. If you look at the data from that vaccine injury compensation program, it looks like there's one serious adverse reaction where somebody is incapacitated for up to a month, has some serious problems, uh, may even die from a severe allergic reaction, although that is even rarer. Um, but something that serious happens about one out of every two million vaccines. Okay, so they do happen. Okay. What can you tell us about the safety of vaccines? I think vaccines are one of the safest products we have on the market. Um, and I think the system in place to monitor that is one of the most robust. The CDC and the FDA have set up several systems to monitor vaccine safety. Um, those are frequently misunderstood um, by people who don't, who, who don't look into them and how they work thoroughly. Um, uh, there's the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, which is a voluntary system to receive reports. That, that does not prove anything. It doesn't prove safety. It doesn't prove um, non-safety. It just simply is an indicator that helps CDC see if there seems to be something about a vaccine that they need to pay attention to. The Vaccine Safety Data Link System is a very robust system that has complete medical records and vaccine histories on close to 9 million people in this country through a collaboration with some health maintenance organizations. And whenever there's a question about vaccine safety, that's where it gets referred. And a, and a study can be done in very quick time, uh, over a very quick time period, to to, and, and almost always those results come back negative. That, in fact, the, what you saw at the, in the VAERS system was just an artifact. Going real life with vac you know, populations with good records and vaccines didn't pan out. Sometimes they do pan out, but they pan out at rates like of one per 40,000 um, or something like that. Um, where, you know, for instance, with uh, uh, rotavirus vaccine, it, there was some concern at one point in time that there might be a complication from that called intussusception, which is a problem with your intestine where it can be, uh, it's usually not lethal, but it can be where your intestine kind of rolls up on itself. Uh, this found that this may be occurring in those vaccinated with rotavirus vaccine after the first dose within 30 days at an increased rate of one per 40,000, one per 40,000, okay? And the CDC looked at that and said, well, <clears throat> you know, that's probably, uh, considering the amount of disease and morbidity and mortality being prevented by the vaccine, that's an acceptable risk. And if, if somebody gets into susception, it's in this country generally almost always not fatal. 
but it costs medical it sure. causes medical costs sure. and, and so forth. Well, that's compensable through the okay. vaccine injury compensation program. Okay, so those are the kinds of decisions that go on. So one term I do not use anymore is perfectly safe. I do not imply that vaccines are 100% safe at all times. They are a very safe product. They cause far fewer serious adverse reactions than almost any other medical product on the, that's available. <clears throat> Um, and there's a very rigorous system to monitor that. And if we had a vaccine that was causing serious adverse events anywhere near the rate that some of the anti-vaccine groups claim, that vaccine would not stay uh, available to the American public. Um, we, the, the system in place monitors that kind of thing. Are people just not trusting, because CDC and FDA, those are government agencies, are people just not trusting government? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the more discouraging trends I've seen in my lifetime, in my career, um, is that uh, official expertise uh, is disrespected. And, and I think the fault lies on both ends of the political spectrum for that. And both ends have been very successful in raising doubts about uh, expertise. And everyone now thinks they're an expert. Uh, well, there's a lot of talk that the vaccines actually cause disease. Specifically like autism, there's been... Correct. Well, I, I, I run into very few people who claim that anymore. <laughs> that was a prominent uh, claim back in around 2000 to 2010. The... Scientific evidence on that is very conclusive, um, and I rarely hear anybody claim that. Every so often, you will um, hear a parent say, well, my child got autism um, from a vaccine, um, but not, as, not as, nearly as much as you used to. And that, like I say, has been thoroughly debunked. Now, the one that's come up recently is that vaccines kill children. You'll see this on billboards and other places. I, I'm not sure who all is behind it, but it'll say, healthy children don't die. Vaccine killed my child. <clears throat> well, let's step back for a minute. Healthy children do die. Mm -hmm. They die from sudden infant death syndrome, a number of other things. Uh, let's just take sudden infant death syndrome. Um, with as many vaccines as we give in this country, there's going to be a child die from sudden infant death syndrome, which we don't really fully understand in close proximity to having received a vaccine simply by chance. Well, that's a very, that's a very easy question to study. <clears throat> you can do studies like that and say, let's look at kids vaccinated and see how many die within one, two, three, five days versus <clears throat> longer periods. Is there, a, is there a spike, a peak of deaths immediately after vaccination? And those studies have been done and they show that in fact, immediately after vaccination, <clears throat> there's simply no spike you have exactly the same number of kids dying from SIDS and other causes as, as at other times. And that's the way to study it. Anecdotes and single case reports do not prove anything. That's a very hard concept for the public to understand. When your child dies, and your child dies from SIDS, and somebody comes to you and says, your child was vaccinated two days before that vaccine obviously caused your death, that's something you grasp onto, unfortunately. Uh, and I can understand that. Um, but scientifically, it's not sound. It's not sound. Well, this has been very informative. 
Thank you to Dr. Doug Campos-Outcult. He's a senior lecturer at the University of Arizona College of Public Health and also a clinical professor at the University of Arizona College of Medicine in Phoenix. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.